For February 21st, 2020. Here we are. It's Friday. It's a busy week. Your host this week. Myself, it's not, Lee. It's not busy at all. It's not busy for you, maybe. Okay. Our internet went down like six times. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, the yes, we have everything we need. Even if the internet goes down now, we will be ready. Your host this week, myself, Lee, and Reed is joining me. Andrew uh, has ongoing house complications, uh, so he will not be joining us today. However... He somehow found a way to say negative things about that AEW Dynamite. That may have been their best episode. What did he say? Uh, besides, besides his constant disappointment. He was really hung up on the Arn Anderson door thing and the women's match. And and like if Britt Baker shows up on the show, the show is ruined for him. Uh, so that's unfortunate because that was a phenomenal episode of AEW Dynamite. Probably their best fucking episode. Uh, and unfortunately, that's all we really have to talk about this week. As even though we will be attending Raw <laughs> next Monday, I was going to build some hype. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get to the internet. I'm going to get a Raw preview. Let's see what we uh, can look forward to on Monday night. Nothing. nothing. They don't do a Raw preview. There's not. There's nothing indicated. But circling back to Andrew, I was just trying to talk to him about Chris Stanlander, and I was yeah. just like, oh yeah, the alien gimmick has to go. And he's like, oh, well, I'd rather watch her than. The Brit. I was like, okay, great. I still think they should get rid of the alien. Like, I, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it. I didn't even but, mention Brit yeah. Baker, but... They don't need to get rid of the alien gimmick. They just need to flesh it out in one way or the other. No, they need to get rid of it. Alien gimmick's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's the equivalent of right doing... Now it it's is. the equivalent of doing a zombie gimmick. Yeah, It'd be fair. equally as stupid. Like, if, if a, a zombie wrestler came down yeah. to the ring? So they'd be like, oh, they used to be in Area 51 and then experiments, and now they're zombies. like, I don't, just shut up. I don't yeah, want to hear it. shut up. I don't want to hear it. Uh, so to stretch this episode out, uh, I want to talk briefly about Rob Van Dam. Uh, I'm doing the I'm doing the thing right now. You can't see. It's good fun. <laughs> Do we have uh, to talk about Rob Van Dam? I love talking about Rob Van Dam. Uh, he was on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. They spoke about... Wrestling for about 15 minutes. Uh, apparently, he's got a documentary out. Rob Van Dam does called Headstrong. You can check that out. I'll take you on. Yeah. Headstrong, take on uh, anyone. He, by his own account, has had 100 concussions. And when you look back at his ECW sure. stuff, you would have to absolutely believe it. Unless he's never been to a doctor to find out what an actual concussion feels like. And he's just assuming Who, he has. Well, exactly. But then again, concussions affect everybody differently as well. Uh, so that guy was recounting times where he's like, yeah, I took a headshot and then I had double vision for a weekend. Uh, took a headshot and lost my ability to smell for a week. Took a headshot and, and woke up in my bed and didn't remember the rest of the, the match and stuff like that. Uh, that guy also smokes a copious amount of weed and clearly had just at least lit a joint before going into into that podcast. Well, like, uh, what the fuck did you expect? He, he was incredibly coherent for a guy who has, by his own account, had 100 concussions and just smoked a bale of weed. Uh, but he, I, I like Rob Van Dam. I like him as a wrestler. I like him as a, as a character. Uh, he's got a lot going on, yep. uh, which is kind of cool. I don't know how many many wrestling dates that guy has left on his on his uh, palate. But uh, he's he's got his own line of like vape pens and weed coming out. So if you want to smoke Rob Van Dam's weed, there's good news for you. <laughs> it's one of a kind. That's, <laughs> That's right. Say. Uh, it was an interesting listen because uh, I like both those guys. And again, not a lot of, of wrestling talk. So if that's what you're there for... Well, goddamn, Rob, I'm going to smoke a joint with you up in this stone bridge. How much weed did you smoke, Rob? <laughs> uh, it was pretty good. God damn! God damn! <laughs> Stop a mud hole! Stone uh, cold, save us, it's the cold. 
It's, it's good stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, anyways, let's talk about AEW Dynamite. Let's talk about AEW Dynamite. From Atlanta, Georgia, huge wrestling market. Cody Rhodes uh, went out to put on a goddamn show for these people. This is a pay-per-view, basically. Yeah, so aside from like the scale and the seeming importance of what you were watching... Uh, this television show did have a gravitas to it, and they were just putting on a kick-ass show for Atlanta, Georgia. I think it's the first time they've been there. Uh, and lots of matches that you're looking forward to, and they gave it to you yeah. weeks, if not days. Let, let you know what was coming up. Like You knew most everything that was happening on the show before it happened, and, which is a crazy concept, and isn't it's it? It's like, oh, I'm going to look forward to this, so I'm going to go my way to watch it because I'm looking forward to it. Not to mention you can have all the baby faces go over. Not to mention you have baby faces, period. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about it. The show opens with 80 men <laughs> or so standing in the ring. Uh, or just outside the ring, waiting to to enter. This is not a reverse battle royale. They're like not TNA thro- bullshit. Yeah, they're not throw them in and throw them out, and then you have to climb a ladder and get the clipboard. Uh, the opening uh, was a tag team battle royale to determine the number one contender at the uh, Revolution pay per view. Whoever won the Lucha Bros and Omega and Page later in the night would be fighting whoever won this battle royale. The participants were Santana and Ortiz, Strong Hearts, Alex uh, Reynolds and John Silver, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Uh, Young Bucks, Angelico and Jack Evans, Private Party, Best Friends, Blade and Butcher. Yeah, and SCU. Yeah, Blade and Butcher uh, are boys. I'm solely, yes. uh, I don't know about you, Lee, but Hybrid 2, definitely definitely my boy stable. We need to get Blade and Butcher shirts. Yes. That needs to happen this yes, year. Yes, absolutely. Uh, teams were out uh, when both members were eliminated over the top rope. Obviously. It wasn't like you eliminate one guy and both guys have to leave. That would be... It's a strange thing to say. Uh, The quality of action uh, was average for a battle royale, but there were plenty of good moments according to this recap. I like this battle royale from top to bottom. I think the action was far better than what you see in just a a WrestleMania battle royale where it's literally just people throwing each other over. For what should have been a, for lack of a better term, a clusterfuck. Uh, This this was well booked. Everybody got a a spot. Uh, There's a little bit of storytelling for some people. Sure. Well, yeah, you're building things up. For things that could spin out of this that you haven't even considered yet, right? Like, there's a place you're going, but that doesn't mean the journey can't be... Yeah, so we had, we had a great. little bit of Dark Order stuff with... Sure. With, with uh, SCU. Dark Order, not allowed to... Uh, well, I guess the, the two the two geeks from Dark Order were in the match, were they yes. not? Or no, they just the ran in. The two geeks were in there. Yeah. <laughs> the loser who's in his hotel room, and then he's like, oh... Maybe yeah, we haven't good. seen Evil Uno and Stu Grayson wrestle in quite a while now. No, and maybe that's for the best. Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, it's the not, Dark, they're, they're pretty good. The Dark Order interrupted to distract SCU. Uh, they questioned why Christopher Daniels was not present to support his brothers. The Exalted One is approaching. Uh, the Exalted One is near. SCU was then dumped by Reynolds and Silver. Uh, Sky retaliated with a running leap over the barrier. Now that SCU is not are not the tag team champions. Their feud with Dark Order is just like a thing that will be happening, I guess. But it's not wholly interesting I don't outside of the Christopher Daniels connection. Yeah, but I don't think it's bad either. I think SC are exactly where they need to be right now. Yes. Uh, like, if you're going to tell me on Revolution, the opening or kickoff match is SCU versus Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, then f- perfect. And then it ends with the reveal of being Chris Daniels yes. and the Exalted. And then, yeah. you f- then you finally pay off who sure. is the Exalted one, yeah. if it's Chris Daniels or whoever it is. Yeah, no, that'd be fun uh, as fuck. Why and then not? that's it. And then suddenly you've made a kickoff match into something that you're going to follow up on on yeah, Dynamite. Yeah, now it's an angle that you can yeah. continue with. And depending sure. on who you reveal as the exalted one, there's a lot of places you can go with that. Yeah. So good job, Dynamite. I good job. Uh, Honorable Stud mentioned goes to the guy sitting in his chair watching the action. He's not moving for anyone. There's just a guy 
I don't know if you saw this when they were like out, out by the thing and they were trying to like go over the railing and stuff. There's this guy. He's just he's in a sea. He's like it's like Raven? a Sea World. He's gonna yeah. It was it was Raven. What was that about? People were saying they saw Raven in the crowd. No, that was Raven. I oh. think it's supposed to be a red herring where they're like, oh, he's the exalted one. So he's intentionally he's not moving to draw, not draw attention to himself, but the opposite was accomplished. Or he's just old and tired and grumpy, and he's like, or he or he know. literally could not move. <laughs> All right, continue uh, on with the battle royale. Uh, Sima gets uh, knocked out here. Dark Order offers him a mask. He looks around to the crowd to see if he should take the, the mask The fucking on. Joy Janela gimmick yeah. where everything uh, I do, I need approval from the crowd. His mouth is it. like slightly open. He's just doing the dumb like hot dogging. God damn, I uh, hate... Like, it's fine to do that on indies when most of the fun on indie shows is involving the crowd in on it. Yeah. On these televised shows, I hate it. Like, that's some indie bullshit. You should be acting like a star now because you're on TV. Yeah. Stop doing that shit. Uh, Nick ja- Jackson was actually eliminated halfway through this match. Uh, After he gained some, lots of insane Yeah, leaving uh, Matt Jackson to fend for himself. Uh, we had a Haas moment with Luchasaurus and Butcher exchanging blows with a couple boxes. Wait, wait, wait. We're, we're skipping over like the greatest part besides the ending. Um, which is, like, crowds popping huge for all these cool moments. Luchasaurus what? This isn't the people. greatest part by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's it our, is one for, of our it, favorite it's parts. For, it's in for yes. us. The Luchasaurus kicking people. It seemed like any time... That the crowd was oh, really starting to get me, into it. Let me yeah. build up to this. Sure, so sure. Luchasaurus is kicking people. podcast is yours. <laughs> the crowd's popping huge. They're doing huge dives. Jack Evans is doing crazy spots. Then Blade and Butcher decide to get a hit on like the Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And the crowd does not boo. They just go completely silent. It's like someone vacuumed the air out of the it's arena. absolutely it was... awesome. It's my favorite moment. It's... Yeah, and it happened multiple times. Yeah. There was multiple times where like the crowd was like building, and then Butcher and Blade, it's their time to shine, it's been, and, the, and the crowd just... It's vindication for our love of the Butcher and Blade. Yes. It's uh, perfect. Good job, guys. Yeah. Uh, Orange Cassidy uh, was there to save... Uh, Trent. One half, yeah, Trent of the best friends uh, by carrying him on his shoulders. Orange Cassidy was then fed a uh, nut shot by Bunny. Uh, good job, Bunny. After Bunny yeah. was like... Ooh. Bunny, the most effective member of yeah. uh, Butcher and Blade. Uh, so poor Orange Cassidy, hands in his pocket, couldn't get his hands up, and just took a... Took a lot of lot of dick kicking in AEW in general, yeah. um, with no DQs, which is, is interesting. All right. Well, uh, all the matches that it happens are in are no DQ matches, or the ref's distracted. So no, it's right. fine. A dick kick. Uh, the final four were Matt Jackson, Butcher, Santana, and Ortiz. Butcher hanging in there, baby. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. Another part that happened was Butcher and Luchasaurus are having, like, yeah, like the yeah. hospital you're talking about. And they do this spot where Luchasaurus is supposed to kick Butcher. He bounces off the ropes and gives him a lariat. Yeah. But Butcher fucks up this lariat big time and just kind of <laughs> hits his shoulder and they both go tumbling down. It was great. Yeah. It was what you expect from a battle royale. Yeah. Uh, and the whole time Excalibur and like JR are putting it over is just like, hey man, these matches, you got all these like these athletes running around. You know, you could break a leg. You could, you, someone's not there. You don't see them, etc. It, it kind of explaining the shoot reasons why a battle royale could be dangerous. It's just yeah. like if someone's not paying attention to a cue and you go to do a move on them, you could really hurt them. Yeah. Uh, so that was interesting. All right. Sammy Guevara at ringside cheering on his boy Santana and Ortiz. He interferes a little bit. He pulls. Uh... Yeah, he pulls Matt Jackson down from a. He's doing a bounce yeah. off the off the ropes. Uh, Butcher was on the apron as Matt leaped 
uh, between the ropes for a spear to eliminate the hefty fellow, but not eliminate himself as he went through the middle rope. Yep. Uh, Santana Ortiz uh, took over to execute their street sweeper finisher on Matt. They tossed Matt over the top rope, but Matt hung on to avoid next that Santana Ortiz had turned uh, their backs to celebrate. Matt sprung alive for a super kick party. He super kicked Ortiz off the apron for an elimination. Uh, he then super kicked Sammy out of midair and folded like a chair. He fucking uh, kicked his head into next week in yes. Mississippi. There, which is a perfectly fine way to sell I, a super kick. In I, fact, the preferred way. To I sell. would say this is might be the greatest super kick sell of all time, and might be one of the best super kick spots of all time. Like this was, it was pretty good. This, like, if it makes my girlfriend stop and watch it with me multiple yeah. times, well, she's like, rewind that shit. I yeah. need to see this guy get kicked in the face. Yeah, and, and also it's Sammy. Yeah. First off, he jumps off the top rope. And the timing of this for for Matt to be feeding people super kicks, Sammy to jump off the top rope and then take the greatest a, a, a so. chef's kiss of a, of a super kick. Oh, it was yeah. glorious! He sold it like death. He's just laying there, his legs are, mouths open. Yeah. yeah, he's laying on top of his own legs. It's perfect. Uh, Matt finally closed line Santana over the ropes to win. The Young Bucks will verse the uh, the winners of the match later tonight at Revolution for the tag team championship. Oh yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. This is some good shit. Uh, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega watching backstage on a monitor. And they're actually watching the TV. They're not standing next to it yeah. pretending to watch it. And crossing uh, their arms and like, yeah, nodding. Yeah, nodding. Uh, Omega seemed pumped for his friend's success. Uh, I mean, they're the elite, right? So even if they lose, the, the, the and belts I think, stay within the stable. I yes. Know. And um, Hangman had no reaction. Yeah. <laughs> like, Doesn't care. I guess spoilers. You know, yeah. like, we'll get into it later, but uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman do win their match against Pentagon Phoenix. Um, so obviously this is going to be a great match, and I think this is going to be the culmination of the first arc of Hangman's story. Sure. It's like a fucking anime. Yeah, um, that's right. He's gonna, this is finally gonna this be... Season one, Hangman. Yeah, this is the season one finale for Hangman at Revolution. He's not gonna, I'm not gonna say he's necessarily gonna turn on them. There, like, there was a time when Hangman lost to Jericho, like, when this all started, that for the first two or three weeks, Hangman was cold as ice. And then he's the hottest actor. And then what? Yeah, Yeah. like what? What? I would say actually. Sorry, I would say behind like Moxley, Jericho, and Cody, MJF. Maybe I would say definitely Hangman is the third highest, uh, hottest storyline going right now. Highest and hottest. Yeah. So like I said, I think you know he'll probably turn in the box, and then Kenny will be like, "What the fuck?" And then Hangman will also hit him too. And this will probably be after uh, Bucks take the titles. I think because it's. Well, it's a double-edged sword in that. But you can't continue the Kenny and Hangman tag team when Hangman turns, and he is Hangman turning, I don't think there's... The current state he is in is, I think, worth hanging out in for a bit longer. Yeah, I know, but you can't... We've reached the end, I think, of this Hangman, like, will-he-won't-he storyline with the, the Elite. So he may not turn all the way and become a total heel, but he may... Maybe not attack, but maybe he'll lose the titles, you know, push off Kenny's hand when he tries to high-five him and just be like, fuck it, I'm done with the Elite, I need to do my own thing. Right. I wouldn't have him attack them. Yeah, so... I would, he, not, I would maintain his gray babyface status. Yeah, so yeah. he doesn't... Yeah, he doesn't turn on them, but he yes. definitely uh, turns his back. And then the babyface angle of Omega and the Young Bucks being con- continuously concerned about hit their friend... Who is like going down a dark a dark path, Reed? Yeah, it's going down a dark path, chugging beers from the audience. Could you imagine anything better than wrestling a match like Hangman Page did on this show and then chugging a cold beer? 
What was hopefully a cold beer? Let's yeah, be honest hopefully. here. No one's throwing in beers like Stone Cold where they were on ice. This could be a beer that that guy was Unless nursing. Unless he was really wanting some water first. <laughs> well, you know when like you're, you get like you're a certain amount of hungry or thirsty and like you drink a beer? I don't know. You cut the, cut the lawn, drink a beer? I don't know. Whatever. Get in a shower. Chris Statlander. Shower beers. Shower beers. Fuck yeah. Uh, Chris Statlander and Shanna uh, were up next. Shanna... JR just talking about how much JR kind of buried this entire thing in his own way. Oh, okay, we're talking about the burial. Uh, yes. So Britt Baker is also on commentary, sort of here and there. Uh, you know, she was she was very much there and disappeared for most of the match, and then they would reference her to bring her back into the fold, and then she would talk a little bit. Uh, this was Andrew's thing too. Is just like, what was the point of her being on the commentary for so little? I'm like, dude, they. If they want to push her into the, into the top spot here in, in the women's division, they just TV time is what these people need. They aren't getting it outside yeah. of Dynamite. So uh, uh, yeah, Chris Statlander and Shayna come down. Shayna in some uh, Shana, sorry, in some Sh- nice it's not Go- Shayna, damn it. some nice Goku Turtle Hermit Gi, which yeah. I was like very nice, very yes. nice. Um, Statlander comes out and. Uh, essentially, Taz or Jr. is like so. Like, explain Stalin. That was during the match. And Excalibur is yeah. like, oh, very beginning of the match. Um, Excalibur is like, well, she told me that her spaceship crashed near Area Fifty One, and then yeah. Jr. is like, oh, shut stop, the fuck up, stop yeah. it, stop it. So I think Jr. is like, oh, she's a self-professed alien or something. Like, what's going on with that, Excalibur? And then Excalibur launches into like the indie write-up uh, origin story of Chris Statlander. And here's the problem with Chris Statlander is. In kayfabe, we are to believe the character is what she says she is. You need to add another layer to this where she is either a crazy person, but then give some benefit to the doubt. So, like, we need to have some supernatural, and again, supernatural shit that AEW has not gone over right. But look at all the supernatural gimmicks in wrestling history. Right. They're all based in humanity. Yes. So, Papa Shango is a voodoo shaman, but he's still a person who is a voodoo shaman. Undertaker a is a dead... shaman is a thing that oh, yeah. exists, quote unquote. Undertaker is a dead man and a carrot and like a graveyard keeper, but he's still a man. He's, he's got a magical urn. Yeah, he's still a man <laughs> though. And sure. uh, Bray Wyatt, cult leader, freaky clown guy, still a man. So, so follow me on this. But saying Chris Stantlander's a fucking alien is yes. the equivalent of like I said earlier in this podcast is like here's a zombie gimmick. Like, no one is, like... So, but follow me on this. Next week, you have a backstage vignette, and you have someone uh, kind of like the doctor from Halloween. Uh, and they approach uh, Brandy, let's say, backstage, and he's just like, hey... Uh, have you seen Chris Statlander? No, no, but it would be a different name. And he'd be like, this and that, escape from the mental institution. This is one many of many examples. And he shows Brandy a picture, and it's clearly, like, a younger picture of Chris Statlander that this guy is looking for. And then Brandy's just <laughs> left to, be, to, to think about... What, what the implications of this, this are. Uh, and then you basically have a K-Pax gimmick. She says she's an alien. Uh, obviously aliens don't exist, Reed. But then you have to add some benefit of the doubt where there's something she does or something that's discovered about her. That could be that if you were following along with this, I believe. Chris, if, I, if I'm a person who believes it just wholeheartedly that Chris Statlander could be an alien, you've added some credibility 
for me, but for the 99% of everyone else, she is now a crazy person sure. who believes she's an yeah, alien. Yeah, they could do that. But as and it's nothing has to change about yeah, the gimmick. As it stands right now, though, in kayfabe, she is an alien. Yes, that boops people and but it needs to stop. Nothing, You're right. But there's nothing else to it. That's her character. Yes. Is that she says she's an alien who boops people, but so, that's it. So, but everybody's just so like, okay, okay, AEW solution would then be, let's try this for another couple weeks and then just drop it entirely, which is fine. And the better thing to do, to cut your losses on something like the Nightmare Collective or how heavy they were going on the Dark Order stuff is the correct thing to have done. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think... I think the alien thing can work if you just sit and think about yeah. giving it credibility. It, like, it worked for Undertaker and Bray Wyatt yeah. because they tried so hard to get that game. But when you, when you have one of the announcers say straight up to JR, no, this is her origin story, and JR to essentially bury the gimmick, well, now you have problems. Yeah. Now you have irreversible problems. Yeah, but it, it doesn't help that Statlander doesn't do anything beyond booping people to push her character as an no, alien. it's like some indie bullshit. Yeah, and, and it, it also doesn't help yeah. that an alien is inherently less interesting compared to, here's a gravekeeper dead man. <laughs> I mean, or here's on a, the hierarchy here's of supernatural. A, yeah, here's a southern bayou like cult leader. Those are right. apparently more interesting than just I'm an alien because there's so many questions. Less what believable kind of than the fiend, it being impervious to pain. Like, well, but Bray Wyatt has the benefit of having the Firefly Funhouse and all these character developments. His matches are shit, yes, but yeah. his vignettes, his stories, they're a lot more interesting because he sells his character. He pushes it. He believes in it. Statliner is just like. I'm an alien. I boo people. That's that's you there have to is. accept that as an alien thing. I do. How like you got to do something with it, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's fucking stupid. I think she should get a new gimmick. Otherwise, not a bad match. <laughs> Outside of the <laughs> yes. yeah. Otherwise, just losing her mind. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing particularly uh, awful about besides this Jr. Uh, talking about cake. He's just like, yeah. why do they call it pie face? Yes. Why can't they call it cake? He face? also repeatedly referred to Chris Dantlander as the big woman. Well, I think he just, I think he just meant because she's a very tall, uh, very, I shouldn't say, very bodybuilder. Jr. You don't like the alien gimmick. What should her uh, gimmick be? Chris, the big woman, Statlander. No, is, uh, I think you're just saying that because she's like a bodybuilder kind of physique. Both ladies were were thick in the hips. Thick in the hips. Which is which? Listen, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Uh, with no, no gimmick aside. Good looking ladies. Yeah. Uh, Nyla Rose is out. She's the queen bee. She cuts a promo about bees. Uh, Tony Schiavone is there. He calls her out. Oh, God, not the bees. No. They show a uh, replay of, of some of the highlights of the match, which was also a good match, her yeah. and uh, Riho. Uh, Rose uh, shouted about not being respected. Uh, Respect. She, which is like, whatever. That's like... Sure. It, there's like a spinning wheel of like heel, heel promos. It's like, yeah. talk about how you're not respected. Yeah, talk about how uh, the fans <laughs> boo you. Talk yeah. about the sports team sucks. Uh, she should have uh, been the first women's champ, according to this guy, uh, or, or her. Uh, and uh, waiting uh, made her hungry. When Rose is hungry, she breaks bitches, as she said. Uh, Rose represents unbridled power. Chris Statlander. <laughs> when I'm came hungry, out. I eat food. Yeah, Chris Statlander then comes out to boop the title belt, and Big Swole came out as well to remind us that she exists. Sure, I'm uh, down with some triple threat action. She, uh, I she like got Big her- Swole. Yeah. Big Swole awakens something. In I'm you. kind of at a an, an absolute zero with Big Swole. I just like there's been she no, awakens something in you. <laughs> Wait, you just gave that now? Yeah, that was a, was a funny turn of phrase. Um, no, I think she I think, awakens something. <laughs> um, Big Swole has a lot going on. I think uh, good look. She's very charismatic. Uh, yeah, definitely unique. 
Listen, if you're looking at this this roster of, of wrestlers as like a, a video game roster of fighting characters, then Big Swole fits right the fuck in. But no, uh, I'm just saying that uh, Big Swole has all the potential in the world. She seems very young. Lots of uh, lots of stuff you can do with her. Uh, Big Swole gets in the face Give of Rose. Give her a new fucking theme, uh, though. God damn it. Just swole. Swole. Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. Swole, it's Big so swole. boring. It's not energetic. doesn't get the crowd going. Uh, security separates them. Uh, and there you go. So yeah. yeah, Swole ended up stepping up more here than the Statlander did. Uh, Statlander, very the gimmick, the gimmick is a is a problem right now. It's so bad, dude. And I don't hear many people complain about it, and that surprises me. So maybe it's, you, you maybe will it's hear just me. the people who complain about uh, the things from the the camp of the Marco Stunt is too little to be a wrestler or Riho is too little to be a wrestler camp would be the same people who weren't us that would be complaining about Stanley. Yeah, like we, I don't mind Riho or no. Marco being small at all. Because neither of them are fucking crash landing in Area 51. Them, uh, especially Rio takes herself seriously. Yeah. Marco so Stunt I, is a shitty like little millennial guy who dances and gets under your skin but also... He's not saying that he's a fucking vampire mummy right. alien. And that's also kind of like the, the, and that's fine. And then Riho is just like yeah, she's little but like got the foot stomps you got the you know whatever if you can't buy people who are small as wrestlers then fucking maybe stop watching wrestling just go watch actual mixed martial arts because uh, at a certain point here I do none of this is I watch real. both let's talk about Moxley and Jeff Cobb baby uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Cobb makes his AEW debut as Chris Jericho's hired goon against John Moxley. Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Jake Hagar purchase tickets to sit ringside. Jericho has purchased more tickets to events than he is just show- uh, I assume he can get in for free, but I guess he wants a, a seat. Let's not hang. He's always just carrying it, and it's funny. Like it's a, a, The idea that, dude, couldn't, you're the champion. You couldn't just, just show up at the show. <laughs> let's not get hung up on this part. Uh, Jericho's sitting in the Raven spot. Um, <laughs> they got Raven to move during this was a break. good methodical slow paced match a hard, um, would you call it a hard charging slobber knocker a hard charging slobber knocker uh, once the bell rang Moxley attacked with a knee Moxley here has his ribs uh, taped up multiple times has his eye patch this guy has been ripped apart he's on dynamite pu- he, has, he is the opening to Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain yeah he's crawling around he's crawling around he's everywhere yeah his uh, fucking double is telling him what to do spoilers <laughs> yeah whoa, whoa save it for the other podcast whoa. Uh, Cobb dodged then snatched Mox for an overhead belly to belly suplex Cobb would uh, tenderize Moxley's sore spots when Moxley had a spurt Cobb would crush him with a big suplex and as you said I think last week uh, Jeff Cobb's job here is not to beat John Moxley; and they, it is to beat John yeah, Moxley. And they push that in commentary too. They're like, yeah. "It's not." They don't say it's not important, but they say it's not as important yeah. that Jeff Cobb win this match. His job is to be a hired gun, a mercenary, to beat him up and to make him weak for his match against Jericho Revolution. Uh, at one point, Cobb uh, pinned Moxley, then picked him up at the two count, which is always great and it's also a way to show that Cobb could have won if he wanted to which is just good and storytelling and it's also showing yeah. once again that he's not there to beat Moxley in two minutes and get a victory he's there to beat him up yeah. and be, only beat him up for two minutes is not yep not good enough and that's like a stupid thing you can revisit at any time like down the line if Jeff Cobb signs with AEW and you want to do a he thing he'd be been, like apparently, if Moxley wins the championship Cobb can be like yeah, I, I had you beat apparently he's been offered like the Moxley Jericho deal which is like you'll be working yeah, AEW primarily sure. and you can still do New Japan dates as long as they are in Japan exclusively like uh, Moxley and Ambrose and Mox, Moxley Moxley and Ambrose <laughs> Moxley and Ambrose Moxley and Jericho are not going to be the working the New Japan shows in America uh, Moxley and Ambrose you know when you play like a Dragon Ball Z fighting game 
and you have like Super Saiyan 4 Goku, but then you can also play as regular Goku. <laughs> Ambrose is like regular Goku and the Super Saiyan 4 Goku is Moxley. But unless we're getting a Super and it's all... And then he's got blue hair and he's a by god t- and shit. No, by the time a Super base Goku is as strong as Super Saiyan 3 Goku and Z... Like, that's yeah. how strong he's become. It's crazy. It's irrelevant. That's why the scouters just get thrown out of the <laughs> show at a certain point. Uh, for the finish, Cobb executed a superplex. However, Mox uh, transitioned into an inside cradle upon impact to get the sneaky win. The inner circle immediately pounced to pummel like Moxley. Immediately. Yes. Like, the bell was still ringing when these guys hit the ring. Uh, yeah, so they they continue the beatdown from the end of last episode, essentially. Dustin Rhodes comes out, not necessarily for the save, uh, but for an opportunity and to beat the I shit out of love, Yes, I or, love yeah. this. Like, Moxley has never helped nor hindered anybody else on the AW roster, so it stands yeah. the reason that he would have no friends. No. So when Dustin comes out, it's not because he wants to save Moxley. They have no connection. No. He just has a gripe with Hager. Right. Perfect. It's not, it's not it's because perfect. he's friends with Moxley. It's because he's enemies with the guys yeah, who are... Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. And then the same thing happens. Yeah, uh, so the lights go out, and yeah. then the lights go out again. As Excalibur says, it's it got, got even darker, darker in here. <laughs> uh, Darby Allen to a massive pop. Massive uh, pop for a guy that's only been gone three weeks. Like rolls this. down the entrance ramp, uses his skateboard to clean house, including blocking a knee. He does an ollie on top of a dude's back, which, <laughs> yeah, is, fuck yeah. which is cool. Uh, he even blocked Hagar's running knee uh, to the Nuggets with a skateboard, as it says here. Yeah. Cobb uh, thought he would destroy Allen with a suplex. Instead, Allen flipped over and landed on his feet. Uh, Darby Allen looking very strong here, and then during the commercial break, it does the Sammy Guevara gimmick uh, with the with the. This will be this is and, fantastic. Yeah, this is just the same thing as Dustin. He's not coming out to help Moxley. He's yeah. coming out to beat up Sammy. Also, Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. Should as be, I'm as interested in that match as any match on that pay per view. If I'm being honest well, with you, I, I like no, both of those guys. Yeah, no, I'm definitely yeah. interested in. But you can't deny that the build up for Cody and then Moxley and Jericho. Oh shit! Sure. Like, yeah, second if to we want to rank, second to fucking if none. we want to rank the matches here. Yeah, goddamn, uh, excellent God, story. Goddamn. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, paradigm, paradigm shift from Moxley. They're standing tall in the ring. The baby. Very faces good are, match. Very uh, good ending to it. Yeah. It's almost like you can do angles without interference. That, in that match. a match can end and then you can get the heat. Yeah. You don't have to get the heat we, we can, on a DQ. Yeah, yeah, Moxley gets the win, but then he's beat up. It's 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 good old-fashioned wrestling. Yep. It's not overthought at all. Alright. Taz was on commentary for that match, too. Taz is great on commentary. Yeah. I'm a big fan of his. Um, I think at some point, uh, whenever JR feels like he can't really do it anymore... And goes to or to a backstage role. I yeah. absolutely think it should be Excalibur. Jr. doing those like little interview vignettes is all you really need from Jr. Yeah. In my opinion, I uh, still don't think he's bad at commentary by nope. any means. But I think if you had just Excalibur and Taz doing it, I think you fucking consider the amount of names and gimmicks and things that fucking man has had to remember over yeah, his years, man. Like, but I think I think Taz and Excalibur. Uh, there's a point in this show, by the way, where they don't remember that they're mic'd up between a break, so like you can hear them just talking to each other. So when you first see the title of that article, you think, oh, they're going to be saying something bad. Yeah. But no, it's just shit. it's just Excalibur 1 singing Cody's theme, <laughs> uh, which was funny. You're which like, baby faces Excalibur. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, ba- then they're just going... Can you like, imagine the heat of someone unmasked Excalibur at some point? <laughs> oh, like God. Like if Jericho or someone unmasked yeah. Excalibur. No, and then Taz just goes, man, that tag match was crazy. <laughs> and Excalibur's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> And like that's it. It's like these yeah. two have such good chemistry. I'd love to see just these two do do. Uh, uh, Taz is f- uh, fantastic. Yeah, color big fan. Uh, yeah, Taz. Taz. Uh, let's talk about action figures. 
the first line of action figures are well, coming we don't out, have, baby. We don't have too much time left. Let's no, we have 12 minutes, figures. which is plenty, I would say. Okay. Yeah, listen, this is all we have to fucking talk about. Okay. You know why? Because there's no raw preview to talk about. That fucking shit's we in have three two, days. We have two no huge matches to talk uh, about. So the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega, um, and Brandy uh, Cody Rhodes. And Rhodes. Brandy, the Brandy Rhodes action figure looked a little... Rough, uh, but the uh, they're getting their their action figures, and you have Jericho who's had uh, three thirty six hundred action figures made of him, and then these other guys who this is like the first time getting a, a, a legit wrestling figure, and they look pretty good. Yeah, I can see myself getting. No, that's a lie. I'm no, I've never fucking wrestling action. No. Figure. <laughs> um, but look, they look pretty good, and the guys' genuine reactions from these from these baby faces is pretty all right as yeah. well. Uh, and Jericho and, and all that. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this fucking tag team match. God Hangman Page, damn, Kenny Omega. Uh, versus the Lucha Bros, Mexicans. Uh, Seattle. I've never seen a wrestler spam their fucking catchphrase. Oh yeah, slash he's spamming taunt. the taunt button the entire yeah, time. Yeah, he's trying to build yeah. up that special yeah. meter, bro. He's <laughs> getting that signature move. <laughs> yeah. uh, the animation's not even finishing. He's doing it again. Seattle, yeah, Seattle. <laughs> uh, according to this recap, the bout was a classic AW fire and wild action, epic kickouts, and uh, an exciting finish. The champs uh, had one miscommunication where Hangman clocked Omega with a buckshot lariat. Um, a, a but case, in any other yeah, in any other match that would have been in the end because Hangman would have done the oh no I'm so oh, sorry oh, oh, gets yeah. low blowed and rolled up for a quick victory so the, but not here baby so the thing that they aren't pushing on commentary or at all with this Hangman thing that he keeps accidentally hitting Kenny the angle of that should be that Hangman is entering the match drunk <laughs> I don't think at a certain point I, I don't think they want to push the alcoholic thing too hard. Because it'd be going to the realm of, of uh... you could imply it though. You could have Kenny like confront him and just be like, "Listen, I you like to party after the match, clearly, but like with the you, I, I, how many fucking buckshot lariats do I have to eat before you like fucking start paying how many, attention?" Buddy? It's only been like two. It's been know. at least four by my know, by my know, count. I don't know. It's happened in almost every match they've had. I don't know about that. Um, Anyways, this match was just fucking insane. God I, don't, I don't even know where to start with this. Like, I don't remember. Like, It's like seeing a fantastic movie and you come out and you want to talk about all of it, but you only remember two things. Uh, so you need to watch it again just because it's so here, Here's a list of highlights. Uh, a bridging fallaway pump handle slam by Hangman. A teamwork catapult cannonball by the Lucha Bros. Phoenix's corkscrews. All of them. All of them. <laughs> um, and a sequence uh, when Phoenix countered a pop-up German suplex into a cutter, followed by Pentagon using Hangman's back as a stepping stool for a Mexican destroyer to Omega. was pretty fucking wild. There's a part where I think Kenny gives a V-trigger. Hangman goes up the top rope with a, with a moonsault. Yeah. And then while this is happening, like Kenny or somebody's on the apron on the floor and Ray Phoenix runs along the top rope to give him a kick. And you're just like, yeah. Jesus. There was a top rope Hurricane Rana uh, that sent, I think, Omega off outside of the ring as well, which was just fucking insane. It like, was crazy match. Uh, yes. So if you're going to watch any match, it should be this. It one. should probably be this one from a, a performance point I would of view. Almost although say the, the main cage event matches, too, because yeah. the main event two is really good. But uh, there's so much to talk about in this match. Let's just suffice it to say that Kenny Omega is uh, barely kicks out uh, from from Ray Phoenix. I think it was. Or no, no, no. It was it was. Uh, why can't I remember the other Pentagon one? Jr. Pentagon Jr. Uh, gets a near fall on Kenny. Kenny's dead uh, and selling as such. Gets a second wind, just barely uh, pulls off like the team V trigger, uh, whatever lariat just, thing uh, they got. Slingshot. Uh, slingshot. Uh, Buckshot yeah. lariat. Uh, at one point, Hangman rolls Kenny back in so he can, like, and Kenny has, like, the ring awareness to roll to his corner and get the tag. Uh, to and hit, then when, to they do the this, when they do their tag uh, tandem finish yeah. on Pentagon, um, 
Kenny immediately just collapses on during the, the pin. Yeah, yeah, as, yeah, as if to say like that's all I had. Literally, yes, that's it. That's yeah. It. If he kicked out here, that would have been the end. Yes. So it was a very even match, and uh, fucking all four men in this were, were just fantastic. looked great. Uh, and then Hangman, of course, goes to the crowd, gets his beer, and then a few he other beers. Them. Then, the crowd's going crazy. They yeah, love it. They love it. And then he yeah. leaves. Well, because then the Young Bucks come out. Because now it's it'll be Young Bucks versus Omega and Hangman at Revolution. So uh, the idea of that to Kenny is great. The Young Bucks are excited. Hey, we get to have this competitive match and see who who's cuisine reads supreme at a certain point while those three guys are kibitzing in the ring uh hangman kind of does a roll of the eyes and a ah fuck it and just leaves yeah and it's perfect um he's i don't think a full turn is ever yeah. in the cards for this guy i think you keep him baby but face. I, no but i think he's going to yeah. a solo act for sure he has like a, a i don't give a fuck yeah uh, and he yeah. should be going to a solo act i think well he was like he at a certain point remember reed he left the elite already uh, I think that was a little premature on, on everything that happened there. But they turned it around, definitely, because this is a hot program. Anyway. Steel Cage. Steel Cage. And they push the fact multiple times before this match even starts that you cannot win by escaping the cage. Yes. It's this meaningless cage. to escape the cage. Yes. And that's I, I love that, because that means if we do get a spot where someone goes off the cage, off yeah. the top... Like the, always, the complaint to me like, why would you not just fucking leave at that point? You're a dumb baby face. Mm-hmm. Well, this gets rid of the dumb baby face. The extra dumb baby face is the you are both hanging on the outside of the cage and punching each other instead of just jumping and winning. Yeah, just jump off. Uh, just jump off. So let's talk about this cage. It has about a foot of space between the cage and the edge of the ring, not meaning you can just fuck your shit up. Yeah, on the side you, of this thing. yeah. Um, and then also it has uh, four pillars in the corners and then a flat scaffolding on top that you can stand on. Yeah, which Cody Rhodes. Makes no, I himself. thought it looked really. Good. Uh, yeah, good looking cage. Yeah. Uh, and again, yeah, you cannot, uh, you cannot so, escape yeah, Wardlow, through the door or otherwise. Wardlow makes his entrance. He is pretty big. He's a big yeah. boy. Yeah, um, he's, he's, the, he's the perfect goober for this he, match. Yeah, he makes. Uh, uh, this is the first yeah. time Wardlow is wrestling. Yes, in, in the AEW. Um, did uh, not expect him to be wearing a singlet. I thought he was a trunks kind of guy. Oh yeah, yeah. For I was sure. expecting him to wrestle in a suit partially. <laughs> like he just maybe he doesn't take his shirt off. Baron Corbin. He's got a weird body. So then Cody. <laughs> Uh, Cody also comes out with Brandy Rhodes and Arn Anderson. Mm-hmm. Looking great. Big pop. People still yeah. love Cody. Keep songs good. Yeah. All good. Uh, MJF also at ringside uh, doing some shenanigans. Uh, the cage and the way they filmed this was such that anytime that the action broke out to the outside of the cage, it felt secluded. It felt like because the idea isn't to escape... That anything to do with the outside of the ring felt like, oh, what's what's been going on out here? And you see Brandy and Arn are there, and MGF's like fucking around. Uh, it, it made the cage seem like a secluded fucking danger zone where Cody was just being tossed around the ring, which he was. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, these guys have a pretty good match for Warlow's first match. It's yeah. very hard hitting. Cody gets the perfect crimson mask in this match yes. too. The perfect like if you were drawing blood on someone's face. Uh, this might be how you would depict yeah. it because it was it was just perfect. I don't know about Wardlow's wrestling experience before AEW. I assume it's fairly limited as yeah. no one's really heard of him. But he's done. He did a really good job he, this match. <laughs> enough that Cody charged him with saving his life at the end of this match. Yes, so, and he did a great job. Uh, at a certain point, uh, Cody gets slammed through the cage door uh, and is just kind of laying there lifeless on the ring. MJF is there and hands the. Uh, door, basically Arn is there uh, and, and his and, reasoning is you hated Dusty this is your moment yeah you hated Dusty now turn on Cody yeah. uh, and Andrew also thought that was really stupid he's like why would Arn turn and I'm like for the reason MJF just said yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, of course Arn uh, is now 
being coupled with the greatest baby face in the company, uh, slams the door into MJF instead. Crowd yeah. loves that. So um, Cody gets back in there. Uh, they trade a lot of shots. Wardlow at some point low blows Cody. Yeah. Um, at this point, uh, MJF gives the ring, the ring that he yeah. won. He it, gave it to Wardlow. He gives said, it to Wardlow. Cody kicks Wardlow in the dick. Uh, and is able to back. take the ring back. MJF's losing it and starts climbing the cage. Brandy hits him with a chair shot to the ass. Yeah. Uh, and then MJF is about to slug Brandy, which he should have. He should have fucking backhanded her. I'm being I, completely honest. Wow. With you. No, I don't know. That's too risky. That's too for, risky for Heat Man. No, it's too risky. A lot of people would not. She have hit him able, first. A lot of people would not have been able to see it. Reed, that it's way. a work. It's the fucking internet, Lee. <laughs> they would He's a not, bad guy. They would not have been able to see okay. it like that. All right, we could do we could do intergender matches, but you can't for a storyline have MJF a shit heel backhand his components. Yeah, wife. we haven't seen intergender matches though. The there was one on dark between who? I was on the it was Riho and Omega versus Kip Sabian. Yes, and but it wasn't Penelope it Ford. wasn't Riho beating up on Kip Sabian, and it wasn't Kip Sabian beating up Riho. Not yet. We'll no, get there. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're not listening to what I'm saying, Lee. Right. We would have been fine with it. Sure, we would have saw his heat. The internet wouldn't have. It, but like the ultimate heat, like you hit the guy's wife, like Why, he's gonna okay, tear you apart. Then you just have a dude coming out every week on AEW WWE beating the shit out of women. Urgh, <laughs> that beca- he becomes Andy Kaufman. That just becomes his gimmick. Yeah, no, I I think no, that'd have been fucking stupid if he beat up. Brandy. Save it for later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it'd been fucking stupid. Uh, Arn then knocks him over the guardrail, and that's the end of NJF for this match. Uh, so Cody hits the crossroads. Wardlow kicks out at two. Cody. Look into the sky, baby. Look into the rafters. What does he got to do to put Wardlow away? What does he got to do to proceed to this match that he yeah. wants, that he needs against MJF? By any means necessary, Cody climbs to the top of this fucking steel cage. He's so scared, he doesn't give himself <laughs> a moment to think about it. He, he just doesn't. He barely crosses himself before he hits this moonsault that looks, it's just perfect. Well, Wardlow, Wardlow deserves a lot of credit for this. He caught him perfectly. Yes. and Wardlow didn't even look like he was on his feet, which is like... Like, it looked like he just got up in time to, to cushion his blow. No, that was... Uh, one, ex- two, three, Cody Rhodes as is going into revolution. As far as moonsaults off the cage go, I would say that's probably one of the safest ones you could do. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm not advocating for violence against women. I'm just saying if, <laughs> if there was a time no. at any point in AEW... No, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do. I'm saying it'd just be really fucking stupid to do. There's the implication that would... I mean, even Pac might be a bastard, but he doesn't beat up women. But MJF could be no, I, the ultimate shit. It would be way too risky in today's day and age to do that. Yeah, it's fair enough. be way too stupid. People would be like, hey, wrestling's real and he actually hit a woman? Is that no, what you're implying? No, people would just be like, uh, I don't care if it's a, if it's a work. It's disrespectful. Shit, it's bitter. It's, <laughs> it's not tasteful. And it'd be like, whatever. Whatever. So anyway. Fair. Cody wins this match. MJF yes. has this look on his face like, fuck. I can't believe he did all the things I needed him to do to get his match. That's right. Now I have to do it. Baby faces win. Yeah. The whole mat, the whole thing. Yeah. So the whole it, night. <laughs> very much looking forward to this match. Should easily be the co-main event. I think it's going to be MJF and Cody. I think for sure. I think that's a lock. As a, as a co-main event with well, the final it'll be Moxie Jericho. Well, no, yeah. End. I yeah. mean the second last match. Yeah. I should say. I think yeah. that's a pretty much a lock in at this point. And yeah. it absolutely should be. Crowd is very. Hot I would almost program. separate those matches with a fast match, like a Darby Allen or Sammy Guevara could go in between those two matches. No, because the Cody match is going to be a story match, right? And Moxley and Moxie and Jericho is going to be Moxie slower. Jericho. It's going to be a slugfest. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Maybe. 
But then you also have that tag match variable. Like, you have Young Bucks, Omega, and Hangman at some point. Maybe put that second That's just going to fucking blow the roof off the place. Look, Revolution's going to be a fantastic pay-per-view. Yeah, and that's next Saturday, the 29th of February. Oh, very nice. Uh, And that's three days after Saudi Arabia, because I know... Saudi Arabia, brother. (laughs) Yeah, butter. Get that blood money. Uh, that's going to be the show for this week. An absolutely phenomenal AEW Dynamite. Like I said, I was having a busy week, and I came home last night at 11 o'clock at night, and I'm like, I still got 40 minutes of wrestling to watch, and it was the tag match, and it was that cage match, and I'm like, well, at least thank you to AEW for making this fucking completely worth my while to watch oh, this. It was so good. Because uh, we used to review, me and Andrew used to review Raws and shit, and I'd be like, I got no time to watch this goddamn shit. And then you're watching Raw on like on a clock. It's awful. Yes. Um... So, anyways, looking forward to Raw on Monday. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Three uh, guys going to Raw who don't ever watch Raw. No, we should almost reverse uh, the video game and the, and the wrestling podcast next week. Just for next week. What do you mean? Well, I mean, there's the go-home AEW show, I guess. It's going to have Pocket Omega on it and stuff like that, right? So, Right. Yeah. yeah. There'll be a lot. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. There's still so much to do. Yeah, the video uh, game podcast is taken off, so I don't know if we can change the schedule. It's, it's over, brother. It, yeah. It's drawn, uh, whereas this one never did. So uh, the only thing about that is then this one, like, stink fingers it by being out two days later and knocking it <laughs> off the, the charts, right? Uh, so, yeah, if you haven't uh, heard, we do a video game podcast two episodes deep uh, with a long-form conversation about Nier Automata 2. Uh, Nier Automata, sorry. Uh, as well as talking about what we've been playing and uh, stuff like that. So check that out if you're into video games. It's called the Public Beta Podcast, available exactly wherever you're listening to this. Just by the way, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. That's the Sultans of Slam for this week for myself, Lee, and for Reed. As I just said, Sultans of Slam!